All right, sports fans, welcome to another edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval. Hayes Carlion uh, with you. Rick Ballou on vacation this week. Hope he's having a great time. And Graham Marsh, the third member of Death, Taxes, and Duval sitting in. Thank you so much, Graham. How are you? Yes, sir. No problem. It's good to be here, baby. Yeah, I appreciate it. Now, normally you are helping us get the show posted. Uh, so it's always nice when we can get oh, your yeah. thoughts. And you're out there. You're taking it all in. What oh, sort yeah. of been your uh, your thoughts? I want to get your thoughts. First, though, let me uh, let me thank our sponsor. And we've got a, a different message today from John Spicklemeyer, a good, good buddy at Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Uh, he wants me to tell you about the Mandarin Athletic Association uh, League. If you've got a child and you're trying to get them involved in football, cheerleading, uh, this is the association that John grew up in. Of course, he went on to be a, a great player at Bowles. He was the player of the year for the Times Union, went on to play for Notre Dame. And uh, he's trying to get this park uh, going again, this league uh, going again. And so it's, uh, it's a really noble cause. Uh, go to their website, mandarintigers.com, for youth football and cheerleading registration. I believe the deadline on that is June 29th, so we're getting kind of close to it. So again, if you're looking to get your kids involved in something this summer, uh, youth football, cheerleading, mandarintigers.com. That's the Mandarin Athletic Association. And again, that is our good buddy, John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Um, man, what do you think? It, it looks like it's been a, a pretty good start for these guys as they get ready to wrap up the mandatory minicamp. We've seen the first two. Uh, they'll practice tomorrow in, in a very short 45-minute window, and then that'll That'll wrap us up, but Graham, what are your thoughts from what you've seen? Well, uh, first of all, I don't want to put put words in your mouth, but I would I would assume that this is a very uh, this is a pro youth sports podcast. First of all, I played youth sports. That's right. I know uh, your your kids are involved Absolutely. in youth sports. Yeah, youth sports one of the best things you can possibly involve your kids in. So just I wanted to piggyback off that here here because Absolutely. it's uh, it's just such an important thing for I think most kids in their development in life yeah. to always do something besides just go to school. Right. Anyways. Um, in terms of uh, watching practice and whatnot and minicamp, um, I know you and Rick the last couple of weeks have been kind of hitting some OTA stuff and the thoughts when all the guys were here. And, of course, that was their, you know, most of the team was here during that time, so there were more people to watch. There was Trevor Lawrence throwing to the receivers to watch and the DBs and all that kind of stuff. Now it's really the young guys, and then, you know, Rick Calvin Ridley's still here, Devin Lloyd is still here, just a kind of a, an exceptional – the exception of a few guys, the other dudes aren't really here – uh, in this portion, but still, um, it's a fun portion of the off season because I think it's very strategically placed. I don't think the NFL does a lot of things by accident, but this time of year is like, you're really starting to really miss it. You're really starting to miss ball and you get to be out there. And at least we do in the media, we get the privilege of being out there and sort of getting to kind of see what the guys are like and what it looks like. I'm, I'm really excited. This team looks it's you can't really say this team looks physical at all until pads come on in training camp. But one thing that I've noticed that's jumped out at me from every time I've been out there is this team looks really fast, mm-hmm. really fast on both sides of the both sides of the ball. It's like every position group seems very fast for their position group, and we haven't always been able to say that in the past about the Jaguars. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think a lot of that speed is going to look faster this year because you've got second year players uh, that that now have an idea what they're doing. I had a chance to catch up with Devin Lloyd after practice today, and I think he's a prime example of it. You know, when you look at Devin's numbers from last year, you know, 115 tackles, uh, three interceptions, two forced fumble or two fumble recoveries. I think you'd have been pretty pleased with that if you were the Jaguars. Uh, he played 926 defensive snaps, 
Uh, that was just under 80%. But we know that, that there was a, a time there where he kind of got lost, and, and he talked about that today in the interview. Um, Doug's talked about it. Uh, Mike Caldwell, the coordinators, talked about it. Like, you've got now Trayvon Walker – and you've got Devin Lloyd and Chad Mumo with much more of an idea as to what the scheme is, what they should be doing. And even players like Tyson Campbell are still young in terms of their careers. I mean, Tyson Campbell is going to play this sport for 12 years if he stays healthy, if not more. And so, uh, you know, he still hasn't even gotten to the midway point. So that's what I think you're seeing is because I agree they look faster I think it's an understanding of what they're supposed to be doing. They've raved about Cisco. Uh, so it's the NFL. Are all these things going to hit for you? Probably not. But it seems like between all the young players they have on defense, that enough of them are going to hit to where they're going to be able to take a gigantic step forward. It's much uh, – and this I think this is just indicative of year two of a staff, just like you're saying – it's much le- a lot of these guys, especially these young guys that are getting the second year under either Mike Caldwell or Press Taylor slash Doug Peterson, based on what side of the ball they're on. It's a lot more just playing ball and a lot less thinking because they're just naturally doing the correct things. Um, Devin Lloyd's a prime example of a guy that you could tell last year a lot of times he was thinking too much because he he wasn't totally sure of himself, wasn't totally sure where to be, especially the back half of the season. Um, when he struggled in some games, and it's like, man, like it, this guy's such a good, special athlete that if this guy can just figure it out mentally, he's going to be a force to reckon with. And the main hope, especially on defense, is that a lot of those guys need to reach that potential because I think it's been pretty commonplace for a lot of media members and fans to want the Jaguars to go sign a veteran edge rusher or something like that, and they really haven't, for the most part, signed many veterans on the defensive side of the ball because I think Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson are are banking on the fact that, look, a lot of these guys in year two of this system need to take drastic, drastic improvements, and they expect them to, I believe. Are you getting nervous about the, the pass rush in the sense that uh, uh, Floyd is signed, uh, Clark is signed now, so two pretty big edge rushers, free agent-wise off the board. Uh, the Jaguars really haven't addressed it other than Yasir Abdullah, fifth-round pick. Are, are you getting nervous at all at that, or are you uh, content with what they have? Again, kind of the same thing. I'm nervous from the sense that, in my opinion, they're sending the front office is sending us a message that they are banking on the guys that are already in-house taking huge improvements. Like if Trayvon Walker takes a giant step, in getting to the quarterback in year two, then we might look back in October and say, man, th- remember when we were really hoping they'd sign a veteran pass rusher? We don't even need that. That's not, but that you're banking on a lot there. You're really banking on a guy that did not get to the backfield all that much his rookie season. You're banking on a guy in Josh Allen that's been a disappearing act at times in his career. You're banking on, like you just said, a fifth round draft pick. Like, there is reason to be concerned and a little bit worried, I believe. Now, we might be a month into the season, and Yasir Abdullah's really good, and Trayvon Walker looks like, you know, 
looks like a first overall pick. You know, all that stuff could very well happen, but you're right. It's the NFL. Is all that stuff going to happen? Probably not. So I, I'm a little concerned, yeah, to answer your question, to be more succinct about it. Yeah, here and here's where I think this is going to head. I think they're going to re-sign DeJuan Smoot. I, my guess is uh, he won't be ready for the start of the season. Uh, my guess is they will accept that um, because this is a team that feels like it's going to play in the tournament. And so I think you kind of weather the storm. You see what you have in your young guys. They are still really not high on, but they are still they still believe they have something with Caleb on Chase. Yeah. Which is surprising to me, but they're really encouraged by what they've seen. He wasn't asked to stick around uh for the uh additional days like Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma were. Uh he was excused. Now so was Luke Farrell. Uh but I, I think the message there was the guys that have been here for a few years that we're happy with we're letting them go. Like Shaq Quarterman and Daniel Thomas are here and they're entering their fourth years. Uh, so I, you know, it's not like a total black and white issue. I think you can read in a little bit on who they excused and who they didn't. Uh, and, and they like chase on as a rotational pass rusher. Uh, they understand that he's never going to live up to where he was selected, but it doesn't mean that because of that, they're just wanting to cut bait uh, with him. But I think, I my guess now is that they're going to re-sign Smoot, and they may not have him for the first six weeks of the season. But you're going to have him ideally for the second half and for the playoffs. And he's a good rotational guy. Everyone likes Smoot. Uh, and then what I really think that they're looking at, and I could say all this, and they might sign a veteran edge guy in two days over the weekend. But I think what they're looking at with the twelve million that they have roughly in cap space. My guess is they're going to see what they have. They're going to hope that Smoot can help them, you know, once they get into October. And I think they're really going to play on the deadline, uh, which I think is a smart move. We saw it in 2017 with the Marcel Darius trade. It really changed the defense. The defense was already very good. But they struggled against the run that year. They struggled against the run, and he solved it. And that's the kind of thing that I think you could see here. It won't necessarily be a pass rusher, but my guess is you're going to get to the deadline. There will be a position that's been affected by attrition. Uh, there will be a position that we, we don't see it coming today, but there will be an injury somewhere where they're going to say, we need to make a move here. Uh, and I think they're almost holding back on it to get to the deadline and kind of see where they are and where they really need the help. And that's going to be where a good portion of that cap space goes to in, in acquiring a veteran through trade that a team feels like isn't, they're probably not going to re-sign them. So let's get something for them. Uh, the Jaguars are going to be good. So I think it's going to be a, a team that probably is kind of out of it. Uh, and, and so I think the veteran will, who may not even have a choice, but I think the veteran will be happy about going to a, a team that, it's probably leading its division and could be leading it substantially. Um, that's where I kind of think that this is headed. And, and I don't think that that's a, a bad place to be. I mean, again, the Rams are the perfect example of this. If the Rams start the season three and six, would anyone be at all surprised if they traded Aaron Donald? I wouldn't. No. I and mean, it seems like they've already kind of thought an about aging it. 
very right. expensive player. Yeah. Their runs clearly over. Right. Yeah, I, I don't now, disagree at and all. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily who it would be, but that kind of I think it would be that kind of trade in line the with Bucks could the be Darius a team like trade. That. The Bucks could be a team like that. Maybe you have an injury at receiver, you know, and you make a move for Godwin or Evans. Hundred percent. Th- that's what I think it's gotten to. I I think they're willing now to say we're gonna we're gonna see what Chason and Abdullah give us. We're gonna hope that I I I really think Smoot's probably gonna be back I here do too. now. Uh, so I think they're gonna see how that plays out. And again, look, if Trayvon Walker lives up to what he was drafted to be, he's going to play 80% of the snaps. Well, if Trayvon Walker lives up to what he was drafted to be, none of this really matters, right? Well, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. J- just from the from the sense of, like, if Trayvon Walker starts performing like, like a Vaughn Miller type right. of player, and again, I... Someone might, someone listening to this might roll their eyes at that. He was selected first overall. Correct. That's that's not an insane thing to say. No, and Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt had very forgettable rookie years. Yes, correct. So, again, I think you and I are both kind of saying the same thing in terms of it's a little bit worrisome to like really be banking on that. If it pans out, I mean, great. Right. But my big thing is they can have whatever plan of attack they want. But if if it's round one or two of the playoffs and you're playing Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow and it's third and seven and they have all day, that's a problem again. Like you you're gonna lose those football games. You, like you you have to have someone who is creating that pro I don't I don't think it's gonna be a huge problem during the regular season necessarily because of, like you're saying you're in a weak division there's you play the NFC South which is also a weak division like there's the regular season it might be okay um so you know you might really be onto something with the trade deadline part well and i think another thing that they as they look at it one part of it too is you help the defense by scoring more that's true. And, and I think that they're looking at it, and again, it's it's evident in the moves they made in the draft. First round pick, right tackle, Anton Harrison. Second round pick, tight end, Brenton Strange. Third round pick, running back, Tank Bigsby. And I think that as you look at that, they're trying to get another six, seven points on the board per game. If they do that, they're going to have an elite offense. Because I want to say the Chiefs led the league at 29 points a game last year. The Jaguars were around 23 so they're trying to get that extra touchdown. Now, if they can do that, then it helps give the defense a little bit more cushion in terms of what they can allow and for the Jaguars still to win games. So, uh, you know, I think that's a big component as well. So you've added, in addition to those three picks, you've added Calvin Ridley. Uh, you've got Trevor in his second year, Fortner in his second year. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they handle the Cam Robinson suspension. I mean, obviously... I, he's going to play as soon as he's eligible. Uh, they're not going to keep a $18 million player on the bench, but I am curious to see what happens uh, and how well uh, Walker Little and, and Harrison play and, and what becomes of Little. Does he slide to left guard, you know, depending on, on where Barch is? So, uh, and, and maybe Shatley, who obviously played well last year. So uh, I, I think part of it, too, is you kind of solve the defense a little bit also by – just having an offense that 
is scores a ton of points. Better, much better than last year. Which it doesn't sound like much, but it, uh, if you score seven more points than you did the year prior, that's a big step forward. That's probably worth four to five games by itself. Right. And on paper, you just went through it. On paper, I think it's totally fair for the expectation to be that they score about four touchdowns a game, right? Yeah. I mean, with with who they have on that offense now, the, it's a ridiculous offense on paper, talent-wise. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's crazy to say. It's a substantially more talented wide receiver room than Kansas City. Right. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. We understand that. Mm-hmm. But in Jacksonville, you have a third-year quarterback in year two of a system that you expect to be in that top, top tier of QB. You expect Trevor Lawrence's name to be said among Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You expect when those names get said, Trevor Lawrence gets said, right? And then you factor in the Jaguars have one of the better receiver rooms out of all of those teams. The Bengals have the best. And then it's up for debate, man. Mm-hmm. Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, and then Evan Ingram as well, and then Travis Etienne out of the backfield. I mean, and there. a good offensive line. Yeah. Like, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if, they're at, if they're scoring close to four touchdowns a game, even if the defense is still not what fans would like it to be, there's a lot of wins on the schedule still. I think so because, again, you look at it, and this is almost from like getting into a little bit of fantasy territory, but, but that's fine. It wouldn't surprise you when Christian Kirk scores in a game. No. In fact, if, if you had Christian Kirk, you'd probably expect him to score for you. Uh, Zay Jones, probably not so much, but it's not a shocker. It's not like, oh, thank God. You know, I didn't see that coming. I mean, obviously, Calvin Ridley, you expect the, the touchdowns to be there. So it wouldn't be a surprise if he scores in a game. Uh, certainly not a surprise if Ingram scores. Not a surprise if ETN scores. Not a surprise if Trevor runs it in. Maybe you have something in Bigsby. That's a lot of guys that you can sort of go through. Agnew, Agnew as well could do something. It's they have so play. they have so much speed, man. And I'm so excited for because we we saw it last year. Watching this team, and we're going to see it again. Even more so, I'm so excited to see the creativity that Doug can continue to put into this offense. And like we've already talked about with a lot of these guys being in year two of the system and just understanding it better to begin with, and they've they've elevated the ceiling of this offense, in my opinion, as well. There's nothing more beautiful in today's football than an offensive coordinator or play caller that calls things to set up other things later in the game, and Doug is an absolute master at that. I'm so excited to see a screen pass in the first quarter to Travis Etienne later turn into a pump fake where Ridley's faking a block and then takes off down the field or just stuff like that. Like I'm so excited to see the creativity and what Doug is able to do with this offense. Yeah, it's it really is going to be fun, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it as well. So, um, you know, it, it should be a lot of fun, and uh, it should be a fun season. Do you have any summer vacation plans coming up, Grant? Uh, no, like long term vacation. No, like you know, week long thing or anything like that. I actually this Friday I'm headed up to Raleigh, North Carolina. My uh, my cousin, my cousin Charlie is getting married. Oh, that's awesome! So uh, my girlfriend and I, we will uh, we are invited to the welcome party on oh, Friday cool. night. So uh, we'll be heading out of Jacks. I'm taking Friday off, and we're going up for the uh, 
for the wedding and that should be fun and um we had a couple other fun fun things like later on in the summer um for the most part we'll be here though yeah working away getting after it uh you got you got something as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm the taking. All, in fact, we may. This may be our last one of these for a couple of weeks. I'm, I've got a vacation that starts next Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to uh, London and Paris. Can't wait. Should be a ton of fun. Um, so I'm working Monday. So maybe we'll try and do one of these Monday. Uh, um, and uh, but if not, then yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll meet back up in July as as we get closer. But yeah, and 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 wrapping it up, I think they're in a great place. Um, you know, it's it's. I think it's a team that has a lot of answers. I don't think it has a lot of incredibly deep holes, particularly when you look at that starting group. Um, and uh, and I think they've got some nice young pieces that really really you know, quick rapid yeah, fire for you. Is sure. there a is there a Daniil Hunter scenario that makes any sense to you? I think it makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, again, they've got a lot of mid round picks in twenty twenty four. Even if you budget that you're sending Atlanta a second rounder. Uh, because you got an extension done with Ridley, or if not, second or third. It's either going to be a second or a third-round pick. Um, they've got, I think, like, a, they're going to have a comp pick third. Uh, they have uh, multiple fourths. So, again, you're not talking about a premier price tag because Minnesota wants to get rid of them. Uh, they want to save the money. Obviously, we've seen some strange moves, them releasing Dalvin Cook for – Money. This is a team that won 13 games last year. That I all think of a they're in is, kind of that weird, like yeah. quasi, like half rebuild exactly. thing that teams have done before. Right. And Daniil Hunter is like 28, so they may be looking at it like, look, we're probably getting ready to not be great for two or three years. Uh, so when we're good again, how good will he be? Yeah. If if I would certainly uh, work the phones if I was the Jaguars and figure out what the at least what the price tag is for Daniil Hunter. Now again, it gets it would get muddled in terms of then are you moving Josh Allen? Because I don't think there'd be room for Hunter, Allen, and Walker. Josh Allen so, would almost have to be included in that trade package, and, right? And that may be – but that may be trading one problem for – because both right, players exactly. want new deals. Exactly. So, you know, it would depend on – Like why how, would the Vikings do that at that point? Correct, unless the Vikings just really love Josh Allen, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely worth pursuing. Um and, uh, and, and like Josh said, Allen is younger than Daniil Hunter. I think. So yeah, that's I think. I that, think that like could 20. be something. Yeah. 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 And I like mean, you said, that you throw in a fourth or whatever. Right. I, I think you, you make the call just to see if it's something absurd. Uh, you know, but because uh, you never know. You never know where uh, where Minnesota but is. Daniil Hunter's from. an unbelievable player. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. So, I mean, he's better than Josh Allen. Yes. So, yes. And, uh, it would be an upgrade over Josh Allen. And I don't think anybody would argue that. Right. Right, like it's so, an inarguable upgrade at yeah. least for this season. You, right, you kind of figured out after that. Yeah, so. and it again, if you get then a deal done with Hunter, then it eliminates one problem for next off season when you're looking at what are you doing potentially with Ridley, Ingram, uh, Josh Allen, and then you've got the window opening up for Trevor's contract and for Tyson Campbell's contract. So. Uh, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I'd, I would definitely uh, like to know what Minnesota uh, is is seeking uh, for Daniil Hunter. But uh, but anyway, Graham, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on for Rick. Uh, hopefully, he's enjoying his vacation. And again, I uh, want to just talk to you guys uh, about this Mandarin Athletic Association uh, from my good buddy John Spicklemeyer. Again, go to mandarintigers.com for youth football and cheerleading registration. Believe you have until June 29th to do that. 
Again, John's uh, such a good friend. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give him a call at 471-7155 for all your car insurance needs. He can save you a lot of money, or at least he can give you the peace of mind to look at your policy and say, yeah, you got a good policy. I can't save you any money, so stick with what you got. Uh, but yeah, give him a call, 471-7155, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. And again, if you want to uh, get involved with the Mandarin Athletic Association for youth football and cheerleading, Mandarin Tigers. Com. That is going to wrap it up for the absent Rick Ballou. For Graham Marsh, I'm Hayes Carlion. Thank you for listening to Death, Taxes, and Duval.